Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vizanar. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ben Vizanaw. And if you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, startup, or even just a sales leader, you already know that people buy from people that they know, like, and trust, right? And all of those things really start with influence. I recently sat down with Matt Johnson and we discussed just that influence and how to gain it. Now, Matt Johnson is a marketing agency founder, podcaster, and musician. Matt runs a podcast launch and production agency based in San Diego, and he's the author of the book Micro Famous. So if you're looking to gain more influence and more clients or customers, then this is the episode for you. And with that, let's listen in on the interview. Matt, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. I know. After our uh, initial conversation leading up to hitting record, I'm really pumped. It's going to be a fun conversation. Right. You ready to go out and start a riot, huh? (laughs) Something like that. A a small business (laughs) riot, yeah. There, there you go. A revolution. Hey, I think we're on to something. I, I, and I'm serious, and uh, our listeners obviously don't know what we're talking about, but before um, we started the show here, we, we obviously, this is uh, March, what, 19th, 20th, and we're in the middle of, of the, the coronavirus. And so we had a, a long conversation about that and how it's kind of affecting small businesses and a variety of things. So I, I'm serious. I want to have you back on the show at some point, and maybe we'll talk about um, just how small businesses are affected by our government and how our government can influence and affect our, uh, our, I hate to say profit, but just da- daily business and our lives overall. So <laughs> well, we'll, that, we'll get into that. Blast. As long as there's no pitchforks and torches nearby for any of us to pick up, I think we'll be safe. Right. Um, but with that being said, Matt, so Matt, please tell our guests, you know, for our listeners that don't know who you are, I should say, uh, tell them a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. You got it. So I'm a marketing agency owner, and I specialize in podcasting. So we have a done-for-you podcasting service, and our ideal clients are all business coaches, consultants, thought leaders, and speaker-author types. So what we do is we help them essentially become micro-famous and dominate their niche by running a weekly show where they're the host and they feature other influential guests, as well as delivering solo episodes and case study interviews with their successful clients, and then just hammer that home over and over again to their list through email and social media to kind of make them famous for one thing in their niche. So that's, that's what we do. Awesome. And you happen to have a, a book by the same title that just got released, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it came out a couple of weeks ago on Kindle, the print version. You can also get it at microfamousbook.com. So the book is called Microfamous. It's how to become famously influential to the right people. And yeah, I've been working on that since uh, March of last year, and it was uh, inspired by the conversations I was having with all of my clients and prospective clients, because I think there's there's some really big misperceptions and misconceptions out there for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and and people who are in the business world. And I don't think it's intentional, but we have a, arrived at a place where we believe that it's better to be you know, reposting content to 17 different social media platforms, to be glued to our phones, to and whenever we're not posting on social media, we feel guilty, like we're shortchanging our business because we're not as involved as we should be. And it's this really weird and horrible, vicious cycle that I see a lot of my friends uh, getting into 
because um, they're just they're trying to reach more people. But what they end up doing is they're just splattering out a whole bunch of content whose only purpose is trying to get attention, and that attention isn't translating into sales. And so I really dive deep on why that is, um, and I think I found some some answers and a new model for how to build a successful small business, uh, especially if you're a you know a thought leader type person and you want to lead and you want to teach people. Um, and there's a way to turn that into a very fulfilling, rewarding business that doesn't require you to be glued to your phone all the time. So that was the that was the inspiration, kind of the uh, those those conversations were the inspiration for the book. And so yeah, the um, we'll, we'll get into more of the content, but that's kind of the genesis of where it was. It goes back to what I was doing with with podcasting um, years ago, uh, back in 2015, which is how I got into what I'm doing now. And I essentially just accidentally ran a split test. I started two two different podcasts with two different business coaches. I had a share of the coaching consulting company on the back end. We launched two different shows and had wildly different results. Uh, one reached a mainstream audience and it got all the attention and the accolades and the best of lists and all this stuff. And then the other one was a lot smaller, but it was aimed at a much more valuable slice of the market. And it was way easier to monetize. So while the other, while the first podcast is rolling at like a million and a half downloads and is going great, and I just got off of that a little bit before you and I jumped on, and it's fun. The other one has a much smaller audience, and it gener and it turned it into like a multiple six-figure coaching consulting business in around 18 months. So that was that was the other thing that really sent me down this path of trying to figure out well how is influence built and and then how is it monetized. Cool. Um... You just talked about a lot of stuff, man. Let's unpack all this, right? Um, so, <laughs> and, and I, I'm really excited to have you on the show because I think that obviously being a, po a podcast host and a coaching consultant myself, these are all front of mind stuff to me. Yeah. Um, but but for a small business owner, and, and I, this is the big the big elephant in the room question. I, I went, well, let's let's go ahead. And, oh, I'll hit the, let's go ahead and hit the elephant question first. So, as a small business owner, why does influence matter? Why does it matter to them? Why should it matter? Well, uh, there, so there was a great example. One of my one of my clients the other day reached out because we had booked a major influencer on his podcast, right? And that influencer like no showed, and I don't, I don't think there was anything malicious in it. It was just a mix up and whatnot. But I was thinking about that afterwards, and I thought, you know, like if you've got Tony Robbins on your schedule, like you move heaven and earth to make that to make that interview. I, I don't care what's going on. Like unless you're taking somebody to the hospital and you're in the car, like most likely you're going to find a way to make it to that conversation. And I think a lot of things are that way, uh, especially nowadays. You know, like um, certifications matter less and less. Uh, you know, degrees matter less and less. And what what's really counting and what people are looking for when they're deciding on who to follow, and this is especially applicable to a, a coach or a consultant, but it applies to all small business owners is they, they want to follow someone that has the credibility and the influence. Just like if, uh, if Tony Robbins showed up and said, hey, you should do X, Y, and Z in your business. If Tony Robbins says it, most people will take that advice. If the random person you're connected to on social media tells you the exact same things to do, you take it with a grain of salt. You're like, nah, yeah, maybe I'll get around to that. So it's a, a lot of things come down to just how influential you are to a certain group of people. Now, where we get in trouble as small business owners is that we don't have the resources to take on the big brands that are spending like crazy on, on ads. Uh, we don't even have the resources to take on Gary Vee, right? Gary Vee's got 19 people on his personal content team. 
So if you think, like if you try to follow Gary Vee's advice, you better be ready to hire 19 people on your team because that's the only way Gary Vee takes Gary Vee's advice, you know. Um, and most small business owners are not going to go build a marketing team of 19 people, right? And so a lot of the advice that you hear out there of be everywhere, be on every social media network, to, you know, be trying all the latest things and, and be everywhere to, and everything to everyone, it just doesn't work. Because because you end up hitting one person with one message and then they don't hear from you again for another month because you moved on and tried to reach a whole bunch of other people with a completely different message. And so you never actually end up hitting the right person with any sort of consistent message to the point where they remember you. And I think that's where most people feel like they're stuck at is they feel like people don't know who they are, don't know what makes them unique, and so they're not generating sales. And all those things are true, but the solution isn't to just try to hit everybody with more volume. The solution is to get really, really specific about who you're trying to reach and what your message is to them and kind of shrink, I call it shrinking the battlefield. Um, so rather than trying to fight, fight for attention everywhere all the time, shrink the battlefield so you're really, really choosy about who you're speaking to and what you're speaking to them on so that you can deliver the right message to them over and over and over again because that's what it takes to stick. Yeah, and you kind of touched on a little bit um, uh, of why um, of why people shy away from trying to, to be influential or trying to get involved in this type of stuff, and it's because you know we feel like we have to. You know, we already got we got too much going on in, as a, as a business owner, and uh, we already feel guilty. Like we we feel like we have to be on on you know like constantly plugged in, constantly engaged on these different platforms. And your your process for influence is a little bit simpler, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, kind of and, it's, and it's not that there's no other way to do it, uh, but this is this is a way to do it without being glued to your phone, which I don't. I would say a pretty good chunk of small business owners are like that. Um, I'm naturally introverted. You know, I can turn on the extrovert mode when I need to, so it's there, and, and I have no problem getting up and speaking in front of a crowd of 500 or 1,000 people. But that doesn't mean I want to be on my phone all day. It certainly doesn't mean that I want to be thinking about when I'm sitting down to a meal whether I should Instagram it or not. And I think most business owners are probably in that same boat. Like you just want to build the business. You just want to reach the right people. And so all, a lot of the, the advice that we're given uh, runs counter to that. And, and what I found is through podcasting, now that's not the only way, but uh, it's a very, very highly leveraged way for you as a small business owner or an entrepreneur to get your message out to the right people is to use a combination of uh, hosting your own show, being a guest on other people's shows, and then turning that into smaller chunks of content for social media to where you get the most bang for your buck, so to speak. So, you know, one hour of your time spent being a guest on a show uh, can give you a several pieces of content and you don't have to be visible on social media, you know, by taking pictures of your lunch. You can be visible on social media because you have a new interview of you that just came out on somebody else's podcast that you can share. And then they'll have images, and then they'll have links, and you can you can you know send them to two or three different versions of it. There might be a, a YouTube version, there might be a Apple Podcast version, there might be a blog article, and so it gives you all this ammunition to put out there on social media to stay visible in front of the people that you want to reach, without you having to do something every day, all hours of the day. And to me, that's the that's the secret is the ability to market and reach the right people with the right message without spending all of your time on it is what gives you the ability to still run your business and make a profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we, and we talked about this for the call, a lot of people are solopreneurs and even small brick and mortars. They don't have, 
yeah, they got a staff of five people just to run their business. They can't hire like a Gary Vee, like they can't hire 19 people just to run their marketing and their influence mm-hmm. uh, agendas and strategies. So, um, you know, you guys take a little of that weight off of them with the, under the various companies you own. Um, but let's, let's, uh, and of course the, uh, I lost my train of thought here. I apologize. But with the, uh, uh, the ability to, to influence others is, is sort of the, the crux of selling anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, and it goes even beyond sales. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so when you think about influence, like I, I think about it as the missing link between attention and sales. But it even goes further beyond that. Like if you're a small business owner, and, and you know this especially from coaching and consulting, like if you, if you give someone advice and they don't take it, it doesn't do any good for their business. Uh, I was just reading a book the other day about the um, the consultants in McKinsey and Boston Consulting and Bain and all those companies that came up in the 70s and 80s. And at one point, they did a survey and basically just asked them, hey, how what's the percentage of companies you think are actually taking your consulting advice and putting it into action? And what they got was a lot of hemming and hawing, and finally they, they arrived at, yeah, you know, maybe 10%. You know, so they produce all these beautiful, beautiful consultant reports, and they're giving this amazing strategic business advice, and then maybe 10% of it gets gets taken and implemented. Well, that's an influence problem, right? That that is a problem of the person looking at the advice that they paid and saying, I I don't know that this is worth implementing, uh, and that that is a problem to be solved. If you're a small business owner and and you are, I don't care if you're running a landscape company. If you if you say something to the to the homeowners and they go, well, but I still like to do my idea anyway, and they don't listen to you or you recommend changes or you recommend a solution and they don't immediately trust you to implement that solution and they give you pushback, like that is an influence problem, right? Uh, and so it goes all the way from from sales over into just the running of your business and getting good results for clients. And like I said, with you being in coaching and consulting, you know that's true. Because if you if you go in and you deliver a workshop or you go in and you deliver a speaking engagement and everybody walks out of the room and feels warm and fuzzy and then does nothing about it, the most that you get out of that experience is you get a paycheck and you get a testimonial that says, hey, you were awesome. And that's it. And that that's okay. But, I, but you'd much rather have the, the testimonial of, hey, I heard what you said. And I did what you said, and here's the results that I got. Like that's the testimonial you want to splash all, splash all over your website and all over social media. Like I took your advice, and here's the results that I got. You know. So if we if we shift to thinking about influence like that, and we start getting testimonials like that, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't care about the process. We want to care about the result mm-hmm. um, more than anything. I, um, I, yeah. Well, it's just crazy. I, I, I couldn't tell me times, you know, you, you can't, you, you want to beat your head against the wall, right? You're giving people great advice. You know it works. You've seen it work. And they just continue to walk in a big circle and do their own thing. It's like, why'd you pay me all this money? I mean, I, I love the money, but I, I really, I wanted, I want you to be successful. But what I was going to say was about, you know, talking about influence and sales. And, and like you said, you took it a lot, a lot, a lot wider than I was going to. But sales, you know, like Henry Ford said, nothing happens until something is sold. And of course, as we know, people don't buy from just anybody, they buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And so that's where I think the influence uh, affects everyone's business. And, you know, or, or I don't care what it is, if it's consulting or if it's a brick and mortar, if it's the mom and pop, if you sell bagels on the street corner, um, influence is important to, to your entire organization, to your entire sales process for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
Yeah, let's dig into so microfamous. Tell me a little bit about the model and the strategy and and how um, you know maybe at a high level. I know we don't we don't have a whole lot of time, but um, you know, give us some of your best tips as far as what a small business owner can do um, to become microfamous. Yeah. Well, one of the key concepts from the book, and and if we don't, ha- anytime we have limited time, this is the one that I was zero in on because to me it's it's the crux of everything, and that is the concept that at the heart of every business is an idea, and what I mean by that is it's it's the entire central core idea of why your business exists and what results you get for people. So if you think about a company like FedEx, they're their idea at the heart of their business, especially once they got it down into this phrasing, it really took off. You know, at first they were just like this package delivery company. They, they delivered a whole bunch of stuff. But then they got really, really clear. And they said, look, when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. Now, I'm 37. I don't know that they've used that slogan since I was a kid. But you notice everybody still knows that slogan. And in fact, there's, when news articles refer to FedEx, they still use play on words on that slogan. And that's how powerful it is when you get a clear and compelling idea of your business. And I'm talking one to two sentences. It is not an elevator pitch. This is, this is an expression of why you're in business. What are the results that you get? And what is the solution that you're promising to your clients? When you get that nailed down, everything gets easier, right? Your sales calls get easier. Your marketing gets easier because you're not trying to deliver 17 different messages. You only need to deliver the same message over and over again. Um, and then referrals get easier so because your, your own clients and your own people in your world are really, really super crystal clear about what you do and who you work with, right? So referrals come easier. There's all kinds of different benefits. But uh, on the marketing front, when you're trying to establish influence, the more different things that you offer, the more different specialties that you have, the more... Uh, the more types of products and programs that you're trying to promote, and the more different types of clients you take on, it all makes it really, really difficult to come up with an idea that's clear and compelling to people. Uh, years ago, when I was getting started in, uh, like, a, I, I never intended to be an agency owner. I got pulled into it because I stumbled across a clear and compelling idea that people latched onto. So, uh, at the time, I was. I mentioned I was a partner in a couple of coaching companies. So my intention was to keep going down that road and essentially make myself in the real estate space the type of person that had joint venture deals with everybody. So anytime somebody bought something, I made money, money off of it. And, uh, but what, what I kept getting pulled into is that people kept asking me, like, hey, what, you're doing a lot of content. Like, how are you doing this? And I would just tell them, well, I've, I've built a team behind me so that I just kind of show up to my podcast episodes and have the conversation. And then my team does everything else behind the scenes. And the response was, holy cow. Uh, okay, we need to have a conversation about after this. And so I, I would meet people just through the, through the process of networking or through the process of podcasting or whatever. And I would mention that. And that would lead to sales calls, even though I wasn't even intending at that point to sell it as a service. What I realized afterwards that I had stumbled onto a clear and compelling idea. And so that, that's a really good kind of a barometer or a litmus test for what the idea is at the core of your business is when you, when you talk to an ideal client and you tell them in one to two sentences what, they, what you do and what makes you different and their immediate reaction is not, holy cow, we have to have another conversation, that's an indication that you haven't yet zeroed in on a clear and compelling idea for the business. So I kind of walk through in the book what that looks like and a little bit about how to get there um, because to me that, that is the key to everything. If we can get that down, everything else is easier. Does that make sense? 
Yes, sir, it does. Yes, sir, it does. So you got the idea, the clear and compelling idea. What is the next step in the process? Yeah, so the next step then would be once you drill down on that and you, you've sharpened and refined that, the next step is to put that message into the world over and over and over again to the right people. So the first step that I always recommend to people, whether you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, coach, consultant, doesn't matter. Uh, the podcast landscape is so, it's, it's exploding and there's so many different opportunities out there that you don't even have to have a show anymore to take advantage of it. So the first thing I would do once you have your clear and compelling idea down as to, you know, as much as you can, because it's always going to be evolving. But once you know what you're going to talk about, go out there and get featured as a guest on podcasts. And that's a lot easier than people might think. Uh, in fact, I recommend it over, you know, writing a book, uh, over doing speaking engagements and, and in-person networking, a lot of the other things that small business owners do to get business, uh, going and being featured as an expert guest on podcasts, to me, beats all of them. Because you get introduced as, as an expert, the host is always going to say really nice things about you. You get introduced to a group of people that don't know you, uh, but you didn't have to reach them through advertising. You get introduced, it's like a trusted introduction from somebody that they already look up to. And uh, you're essentially kind of ethically borrowing time from the podcast host who took the time to build an audience, build that trust and authority with them. And then they're saying, they're essentially like giving you a pulpit to speak to them and bring you in as a guest speaker. So the more often and the more consistently that you get featured, there's a whole bunch of other benefits, but at the very most basic level, it, it, it's, getting, it's like getting to do a bunch of virtual speaking engagements where you have a captive audience of a couple hundred people, maybe even thousands for the right podcast, where they're listening to you for 20, 30, 40 minutes, and you get to just answer questions about your business and speak to them and deliver your message. So once you know what your message is, go out there and speak it in the, the fastest, easiest, most direct path for most business owners is to go out and, and get featured on podcasts. It doesn't require any ad dollars. It doesn't require a whole bunch of logistics. It really just requires uh, a little bit of uh, research and, uh, and sending off some emails, and you can even have somebody else do that for you. And then you set, you set aside the time in your calendar, you know, Thursday, Friday mornings or whatever, you set aside a couple of hours, and that's the time that you get featured as a podcast guest. So it doesn't take up uh, a lot of time out of your day-to-day -day running the business. What uh, and I think that's a great tip because uh, that's I think it's for a lot of people that I speak to and we talk about podcasting. They they're one they're they're kind of introverts like you said they don't want to start their own podcast. Um, they're a little scared, and then there's the issue of the technology and, and the time. You know I don't want to spend time doing one more extra thing. So I think being a guest on someone else's podcast is probably a, a very common overlooked strategy for for building influence. Yeah, and, and just to speak real quick on the introvert stuff um, and just kind of the fear of getting into podcasting, yeah, I, I mean, I run up across that a lot. I mean, you'd be surprised how many really successful people just get nervous by flipping the microphone on and, and recording a, a pod, an episode of their own podcast or, or going live on Facebook. So so if that's you, uh, you know, in the listening audience, like, don't feel bad. Like, that's that's most people. And, uh, and that's okay. That, that's why I say, like, getting... Showing up and getting interviewed as a podcast guest is a great way to get your feet wet and get used to that process and, and get comfortable with the technology, get comfortable with the format, get comfortable with having conversations and talking about your point of view. And then I would say, you know, after six months of doing that, you'll probably feel ready. You'll, you'll have enough interviews under your belt that you'll know what you like. You'll know what kind of host you want to be. You'll know what kind of questions you would like to have answered instead of the questions you're, you're being asked. Um, so you have a good idea, and at that point, that opens up that option of hosting your own show, 
um, where you already have an idea of what you'll want your show to look like because you've been featured on a bunch of other shows and seen how a bunch of other people have run them. And so it just gives you that broad base of experience that we all need, most of us, uh, to feel confident doing something new. What, uh, besides podcasting, is there other platforms or other avenues that you uh, discuss in the book for becoming microframers, or is podcasting, in your opinion, sort of the the, uh, the pinnacle of the process? Well, I want to be clear. So it's not just like audio podcasting, because actually I got started in, in live video. Um, my first show was hosted on Google Hangouts back when that was a thing. And so YouTube has been really good for me. Uh, I just took my show that was a live video show, and we started ripping the audio out of it and turned it into a podcast. It actually took well over a year to where we had more of an audience for our audio podcast than we already did on our videos. So I love YouTube. It is an amazing place to find an audience. You can start a channel there and do short videos, or you could do uh, live videos to YouTube and then rip the audio out and send them over to Apple Podcasts as a podcast. So there's a bunch of different ways to kind of uh, skin that cat, so to speak. So no, it's not just that podcasting is the only answer. Uh, I love live video as well. But uh, podcasting is interesting in the sense that uh, it's one of the only mediums nowadays with people's attention spans getting so much shorter. Uh, it's one of the only where uh, places where you can deliver a message to people and they'll actually consume it for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes. Uh, there was a survey done here not long ago that said that like when when somebody starts listening to a podcast, 80% of them listen to most or all of the episode. And we're talking about you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes. So there's not very many other places in the marketing world right now where you can put a message in front of somebody that they pay attention to for more than a few seconds or a couple of minutes. So that there is a distinct advantage to podcasting right now. Um, now, if podcasting starts going, you know, super short, like a one-minute Alexa flash briefings, uh, you know, then then maybe that changes. But at least for now, uh, we're in a really cool niche of time where, and especially now, man, when people are <laughs> people are stuck at home and they're taking walks around the neighborhood, uh, yeah, there's no better time than to be producing content that people can just click play and listen to your voice for 40 minutes. So I, I am high on it for for very specific reasons. Um, if that makes sense, yeah, because it's not—it's not just that I'm in podcasting. And I think it's awesome. It's and it's bright and shiny. It's that when you look at the numbers, it's just—it's a—it's a superior platform to put a message in front of the right group of people over and over again and convert them into believers in what you believe. And to me, that's the—that's the secret to getting ideal clients is—is is people having that conversion experience where they listen to you talk and they go, you know, I've never thought about things that way. You know, like you just you just described my problem better than I've heard anybody describe it. Like you must have a solution that's different than what else is out there. And those kinds of moments don't typically come in a Facebook ad or uh, you know or, or even an organic post. Um, podcasting is one of the only ways where people can have that experience of listening to you talk and you giving them a complete shift in their perspective, and all of a sudden they they become a believer in what you believe. Well, and but this is the only downside to podcasting now, Matt. Matt it's, it's extremely expensive to get into podcasting. I'm being, <laughs> well, sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's the cost of well, I mean, yeah, very low. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, my agency is not cheap. If you want to have somebody do it for you, um, it definitely ha it helps to be in the right financial position and, and just have the right audience and the right offer. Um, so there, there are some specific things that if you want to pay somebody else to do it, it helps to have certain things in place. But 
Yeah, I mean, realistically, like you can get started with a, a podcast just by recording it onto an app on your phone, and you can link it up and have it published on Spotify and iTunes. So it, it really is like just the cost of doing a podcast per se at the lowest level uh, is nearly free. So everything from there is just how how professional do you want it to be, and uh, and how much how strategic do you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, something else that I found very interesting, and when I talk about podcasting, and I talk to people about you know just different types of businesses um, and owners and the various things that they're into, is that it really is a very very diverse world, for lack of a better term. I mean, you see you see podcasting on just about any subject you can think of. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could type in muffins. I guarantee there's a muffin podcast out there somewhere. <laughs> Guarantee you. I'm going to check it when we get off the phone. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm so going to look that up. Um, that's true. That's true. Well, and, it, and it goes to, I think there's that old direct marketing question, which is like, hey, before you put an offer in front of somebody, check and see if there's a magazine for that market. And, and the same thing is true for podcasting. If there's any kind of niche market that exists, chances are there's a podcast for it. And chances are that podcast is looking for guests. So, yeah, if you're any, if you're any kind of small business owner and you're looking for ways to reach more people, yeah, I, I would look to podcast. The, the only, um, you know, if you're a local business owner, uh, that's the one place where I see where podcasts have some catching up to do, and you might even have a chance to be a leader uh, and, and, and get out in front of this trend. Uh, I don't see a lot of podcasts aimed at local areas to where local business owners would be good guests and reach only the people that are in their local suburb, like suburban areas. Um, that's in, that, that is a little slice of podcasting that still has some growth to do. And I think there's a massive audience or a massive opportunity for anybody that wants to step up and do something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still new. There's like 900,000 podcasts on iTunes, which sounds like a lot, but when you compare that to the number of blogs there are, which I think is something well over 100 million, we've got a lot of growth to do. There's, there's plenty of opportunity in podcasting because the riches are in the niches. You know, that, that's, that's part of why I wrote the book is I was spending a lot of time Trying to trying to convince people that they don't need to have a massive audience in order to have massive income, uh, because the riches are in going after the more affluent, early adopter, savvy types of clients, and those clients want something different from the mainstream. So if you build a podcast or any kind of marketing platform that's aimed at the mainstream, you might get them, and you might have a, a show or a podcast that gets a lot of numbers. That doesn't mean it'll generate a lot of money. So, yeah, there's still plenty of opportunity because the opportunity in podcasting isn't in building something for the mainstream. It's in going after exactly the right people you want to reach and the best ideal clients for you and just zeroing in on them like a laser because then you can get really specific and clear about the, the message you're communicating to them and it makes it a lot easier for them to find you and it makes it a lot easier for them to tell their friends about you. And as a side note, I'll touch, you know, you kind of said we got a lot of work to do, and you're absolutely correct. I have a friend who's doing uh, just strictly a Facebook group, and she's doing a local group, and she just, she kind of does like a, she does live streams, and she's doing things totally local, obviously with a lot of video um, for one of the local towns or cities, there's a city near here, and mm -hmm. she just wanted to do it just to kind of let people know what was going on on the weekends, what, you know, what local bands were playing at what bars and that kind of stuff, and it has totally exploded and she's now writing for a local newspaper, and she's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be a writer. I didn't want to get in. I just wanted to let people know where, you know, the cheap drinks were for the weekend and where the, the coolest <laughs> bands were playing. 
and it, she's kind of been that go-to person now for festivals and events, and, and, and it's turned into all like church events even. Like, it's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's everything local in that scene is pretty much on her page, and she goes out and does interviews, and, and uh, I could see, I think that's kind of where the future of, of podcasting, or not, not the future, but where, like you said, a slice of that pie uh, for someone who's adventurous enough to stick themselves out there could, could really do very well for themselves financially, even though they don't have a large audience. Yeah, hundred percent, and and that's the key to everything we're talking about. Is it doesn't take a large audience; it's about the right people. And for about the last ten years, uh, about all the advice small business owners have been given about how to market is just it's been aimed at only one thing, which is to be more visible. And yeah, it's just it's led us down this path where it's we end up glued to our phones. Uh, and it's to me, there's a much better way to do it. It's not that that model doesn't work because obviously it does. But it works for those that are that are like Gary Vee. Like if you want to be on your phone for 10 hours a day, by all means, take his advice. But if that sounds like a prison sentence to you, like it does to me, you gotta gotta find something else to do. And we're just fortunate that there's another, there's a whole other model, there's a whole other way to get it done. And you don't have to be visible everywhere to everyone. Like you can really go after just the right people that you want to serve. And if you give them a message that they really care about, they'll find you, and then they'll tell other people about you, and it'll spread. So you don't have to push it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to buy billboards. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, if you get, if you think about shrinking the number of people that you want to be relevant to, you can get really super clear on what you say to them, and then everything else gets easier from there. So to me, like, it's a, like, Microfamous is kind of a message of hope, because it's not about more time on your phone. It's not about more, more, more. It's about doing less, but doing the right things so that you get massive, massive leverage uh, and more bang for your buck. Just be micro-famous, right? That's right. Awesome. Before we go, Matt, uh, obviously we're kind of winding down here. Is there anything else that you want to bring up to our listeners that we haven't spoke about or that we maybe glazed over? Um, Yeah, there's a concept in the book called The Three Stages of Influence where we talk about kind of what, what does that actually look like in practice. And so that would probably be really helpful to folks. Um, you can go grab the book at microfamousbook.com. But in, but in the book, like it goes through, like what, what does that actually look like? How do you go from getting seen to getting noticed to getting known? And where, where is that tipping point? And the tipping point in, in influence is, you know, you start off where you're delivering your idea to the marketplace over and over again. But when you do that consistently over a period of time, you hit this point where the market starts to agree with you, right? So, so this book, like Microfamous, is coming out now, um, and I've been I've been everything from the real estate coach guy to the podcast guy. You know, like I've been I've gone through a couple of iterations where people have known me as something different. But two years from now, with the book and with the podcast, I'm going to end up being the Microfamous guy, and all the people in my world are going to agree that, oh, that's my thing. Like, yeah, Matt's the micro-famous guy. So, and that's up to me to deliver that message over and over and over again till that happens. That's, that's hitting the tipping point of influence. And I've watched it with myself and watched it with other people with other things. And this is the way that, that it goes. So there is, like, the, the more clear you get on your message, the faster you go through that process and the faster you hit that tipping point to where your market agrees with you and you become known for the one thing that you want to become known for. And, uh, and so I think that concept is also really helpful because it helps you get clear on what your, what your idea is, what is the message you want to put into the world, and then it gives you kind of a roadmap to what it's going to look like two or three years out from now when you're known for that one thing. 
because that is a really, really powerful position to be in. When the right people know who you are and they know what you stand for and what makes you unique and what problem you solve, it's only a matter of time. If they're the right people, it's only a matter of time until they sign up. And usually when they show up on your doorstep, they're already ready to sign up and you don't have to do as much sales because they've already sold themselves before they even show up on your doorstep. And that's a, that's a really fun position to be in. Indeed it is. The, um, where can, you already kind of, where can our listeners find out more about you or connect with you if they want to learn a little bit more about what, what the kind of work it is that you do? Yeah, so go to getmicrofamous.com because that's got, that, that's a, like a central location for all my links. Uh, from there you can get uh, the book, you can go subscribe to the Microfamous podcast. And, uh, and then there's also a, like an online class that I did. It's a master class where I show people, like, look, if you're ready to get featured on podcasts as a guest, the, the thing that will get you featured the fastest and, the, and, and with the least resistance is to kind of come up with what story you're going to share on your podcast <clears throat> episodes when you're a guest. And I take people through like how to find that story. So that's uh, all those links are there at getmicrofamous.com. Um, it's, I think it's like the second link down for the master class. And so that's probably a really good place for people to uh, to start. If you're a book person, get the book. Uh, if you're a more of a visual learner, you'd rather sit down and watch a video or listen to something, uh, get that master class. Awesome, Matt. Well, I'll make sure I'll put all that in the show notes and the other links that you mentioned throughout the show so people can find you. Uh, and learn more about what you do. And, of course, obviously, get the book, Micro Famous. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. This has been fun. Indeed it has, sir. And to all our listeners, hope that you learned at least one thing today that will help take you to the next level. Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at vizanoffconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Vizanoff, V as in victory, E-Z-I-N-A, consulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanoffconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanoffconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizanoff, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Show.